and welcome to Too Many Movies, the podcast where we discuss DVDs, Blu-rays, and even the occasional VHS tape. I'm your host, Hal, and with me here today, Jess, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Jess, also known as Lavender Whaley on YouTube. I edit videos for James, I make my own YouTube poops and AMVs sometimes, and I'm also mostly known as Shaperless's GF. That's fun. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. You, yeah. you edit for James, too. Wow, I have so many James editors on my show. It's like I know them or something. I'm Whoa. suspicious. No way. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, welcome, Jess, to the show. We have a couple of movies we, we got to talk about. Uh, why don't you introduce the first movie? The, oh, the yeah. movie that I'm sure you're like the <laughs> biggest, the, the person most associated with this movie. I'll just leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as I was done doing my intro, I thought to myself, oh, I should have introduced myself as the Romeo and Juliet seal movie enthusiast. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is a 2006 film uh, animated and directed by Phil Nibelink called mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet Sealed with a Kiss. It is about Romeo and Juliet, but they are seals. Yep. <laughs> animated all in flash by just one guy on a tablet or something. <laughs> yeah no yeah yeah so you really wanted to talk about this uh because you've kind of just like i i don't remember when when exactly did you introduce this movie to us because i feel like i feel like it's hasn't been a while but it has you know it's just always kind of been there okay so over winter break like around thanksgiving um my friends and i were having a movie night my friends from high school uh like in person and we were talking about what movie to watch. And I was like, we should watch Free Birds because Thanksgiving, you know, it's the movie where they go back in time to get turkeys the off the menu. And they were yeah, like, that sounds yeah. dumb. That sounds like that Romeo and Juliet seal movie. And I was like, there's a what? <laughs> wait, whoa, wait. Well, that, that's how they related. They related it to Free Birds. Yeah, you know, that's it's how funny, I first actually. found out about this movie. You know, it's funny, actually, because on my most recent rewatch, I was... Uh, really paying attention to like the tree on the top of the mountain, like mm-hmm. in the in the seal movie, and I'm like, that looks suspiciously like the tree <laughs> on the edge of the cliff in Free Birds. <laughs> so, oh wow, <laughs> I didn't realize the the similarities ended so, there. Yeah, the cinematic parallels. Yeah. So what? yeah, I was like, okay, we have to watch this at our movie night now. So we did, yeah. and it was amazing. And I became obsessed with the seal movie. I made an AMV. Um, I made a YouTube poop collab. Uh, I had a movie night with James and, and, and a couple of my other friends watched it when he came to visit me in December. And then we watched it in the Chuzzle Nation server. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And as a double feature with Lion King 2 for the Disney (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It it was on, it was on the same night as Lion King 2. Right? And then this week was my fourth time watching it now. <laughs> fourth time. Wow. That's just regular old uh, Faust for you, I guess. It's a normal amount. <laughs> yeah, it's a normal amount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, it's... So, I'm going to be honest. I think the movie is fine, all things considered. Uh, you know, judging it as a film, you know, I'm just... I'm using my critical sense. I'm using my critical brain here. I'm like... Wow, this is a good movie, I guess. <laughs> um, but like once you do realize that it was animated and just the whole thing was done by one guy or 
like 90% of it was done by one yeah. guy, you're just like, okay, it's a little more impressive considering uh, just like the fact that it's like an actual movie. Uh-huh. It's so weird because I can't tell half the time whether I'm enjoying it ironically or unironically. That's like, a good point, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. On this watch, I was like, wow, so many of these jokes are actually intentionally funny. And yet at the same time, there's so much animation that looks like bad or weird or like the audio and the deliveries are weird when the like sound effects are generic and the plot is ridiculous but i just love every minute of it <laughs> yeah yeah no you're you're absolutely right some of the jokes you're just like uh-huh like it's a kid's movie but then other times it's just like uh-huh capulet genocide joke yeah. you're like, whoa whoa <laughs> you're like, okay what? Yeah. Especially the Mercutio vo- jokes. He was probably my favorite voice actor um in yeah. the movie. He half of his jokes weren't that funny. Like they're just the like seagulls fly over the bay, bagels, ha 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 jokes you probably already heard before. But he delivered them so well. Like he was committed. <laughs> yeah. In a way no, no other actor in this movie really felt like they were. Yeah, there is a lot of awkward voice acting. I mean, from pretty obvious child actors like kissy the kissing fish um Mm -hmm. which which honestly kissy was just so bafflingly awful that it came back around to To just every time yeah to being really (laughs) funny like every time she was on screen i'm just like good lord like this is (laughs) what is what am i watching what's going on (laughs) yeah Yeah. and the fact that she references the terminator like three Mm -hmm. different times i'm just like i what is going on i can't tell if that part was improvised or not because i heard that a lot of her dialogue was just phil nibbling's like five-year-old daughter making up random stuff which makes a lot of the parts in the middle make more sense that makes sense yeah Mm -hmm. that that does like are you having a baby (laughs) i don't like stinky babies pu can i be your baby Yeah, you're just, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you don't have to give a five-year-old the microphone. I I think that's how they got most of the dialogue for Boo and Monsters, Inc. But, you know, that was kind of the point of Monsters, Inc. Mm -hmm. was having that little girl just, like, make random babbling noises, and then they animated around that. But, well, I think that that's what they did here. They animated around that, but then they actually had the story weigh in on what she's actually saying. She's just saying... (laughs) incomprehensible nonsense so then it's like uh the movie kind of reflects that at points yep. oh my god you know yeah the, and then the rest of the voice acting isn't great either like uh what was it ben volio like he just mm-hmm. i can see the voice the actor's going for Macrucio we're sea slugs yeah but like has I'm like looking at the letterbox list and this guy who voiced Benvolio hasn't really been in anything else other than a bunch of jungle book movies. What the hell? Huh? <laughs> I'm just looking okay. I'm just looking at this now. <laughs> but these these are like really low budget jungle book movies. Um Yeah, I mean you look at the whole cast list of actors for this movie, they haven't done much. Um I guess the only other a uh, notable voice actor would be Phil. Phil the man himself voices Woo! the the, uh, the prince. The, the prince. The 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 the, the evil racist pedophile. Seal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was yeah. Like I'm surprised they inserted a villain in the Romeo and Juliet mythos. I don't know. 
it works I mean, surprisingly I, well. I, they it does work the surprisingly prince, well. They combine the prince and Tybalt into one character. I mean, not prince, Tybalt, uh, the prince and Paris into one character. Mm, I vaguely remember those characters I've taken from Romeo four and collegiate Shakespeare classes. <laughs> yeah, so you know more about <laughs> so, this than I do. Yeah, this is the pinnacle of me using my degree uh, analyzing the Romeo and Juliet seal movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing with this movie. I'm not a fan of the story of Romeo and Juliet, so when I say this is the best version of Romeo and Juliet I've seen, I'm not joking. You know <laughs> um, what? You are so valid. <laughs> I just, I, I, I mean, Shakespeare. I, I rarely have an opinion on because I did read a bunch of Shakespeare in high school. You know, because mm-hmm. I was required to. But like, no Shakespeare story ever really stuck with me. I would say maybe Romeo and Juliet is the only one I really hated because I don't I don't remember hating like Macbeth Ooh. or Hamlet or Julius Caesar, but I don't remember loving them either. So much so I don't even think I read Macbeth in high school. Now that I'm actually thinking about it, so that might just be a false memory. <laughs> oh, I did sophomore year. Yeah, it's like yeah. one. I mean, I'm sure. It's, I mean, yeah. I've seen the the. Joel Cohen Macbeth movie, uh, the one that came out a couple years ago with Denzel Washington, like that was really good. Am I allowed but, to like, share one of James's opinions <laughs> on Shakespeare, or is um, his fans gonna get mad? <laughs> um, he's not here, so no, you're not allowed. No, I'm kidding. Aww. Please do dish, dish, okay. dish, dish. Yeah, dish. he revealed to me that he's a fan of the story of Macbeth, but he watched like a movie adaptation, and the one thing he said he couldn't get behind was the language, and I was like, ugh, scandalized. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, it's. It's all about the language. Ah. <laughs> well, yeah, because that's the point, because it was written in a different time. So, like, the language mm-hmm. is going to be a little advanced, and you're not going to really get it at first. Um, but I guess it's, like, something you got to get into on multiple mm-hmm. rewatches, which is a little difficult when you're kind of bored the first time. So I kind of get that. But also, uh, James is over party. Uh, can't <laughs> believe you would say that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. There Uh, are actually ways in which this is a good adaptation of Romeo and Juliet, or at least better than others I've seen. Like, I don't know, Romeo and Juliet or something. Like, (laughs) they keep in a lot of crucial stuff, and, like, some lines of dialogue are adapted pretty well, I think. Are you implying Romeo and Juliet is a uh, bad adaptation? I haven't watched it in years, so I don't know. I haven't watched it ever. (laughs) (laughs) But I just remember a lot of stuff was, like, cut or simplified or just, like, random and didn't make sense yeah. to me yeah the only other romeo and juliet adaptation i have seen is the baz Luhrmann one from the 90s and i hated it um just like excruciatingly hated it it was mm. so bad i don't like it and i don't know if it's just because maybe i'm i have the same james problem where i don't understand the language but like it was also just really boring and really awkward that Leonardo DiCaprio is like in this contemporary 90s aesthetic but then he's talking like an old uh Shakespearean actor it just <laughs> didn't fit yeah um, whereas I feel like this one yes it does have lines lifted from the original Romeo and Juliet but it's able to use them a little mm-hmm. more cleverly and like yeah. actually kind of you and kind of like integrated into like more of a modern day speaking even yeah, there were specific seals. lines I could point to, like when Romeo's like, oh, he knows nothing of love. I was like, oh, that's the part where he's like, he jests at scars that never felt a wound or whatever. <laughs> right. I, I remember that part. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Again, though, like I'm not the like you are clearly an expert on this. So like you can pick up on stuff like that, whereas me, I can't. But I can still like 
appreciate what the movie's going for because Mm -hmm. i know the vague plot points of romeo and juliet you know they meet they they're forbidden star-crossed lovers uh Mm -hmm. there's that uh friar character who's an otter in this one yeah romeo and juliet i think he's a lawn flamingo (laughs) i haven't seen romeo and juliet but i'll take your word on that (laughs) (laughs) i haven't seen it in years so i'm just going off how i remember it the only the extent of my knowledge of Romeo and Juliet is uh, the in the sequel. There's a scene where one of the characters says "No ship, Sherlock," and that is just a gift that's been spread around my Discord <laughs> server like a million times to the point that I just say it unknowingly. I'll just be like "No ship, Sherlock," and I'm like, "Wait, shit! I've never seen the movie, and yet this is now part of my vocabulary and every yep. day." Like, ugh. I haven't seen Sherlock gnomes either. Clearly, we're behind on, mm-hmm. on the art of today. Yeah, one day, one day. One day. But we're talking about Seal movie now. So we're talking about Seal movie. Yeah, Romeo uh, and Juliet Seal movie. Yeah, you know what? It's called Romeo and Juliet Sealed with a Kiss, but I just instinctively, instinctively call it Romeo and Juliet Seal movie because of that edit you made. <laughs> like, and I and I try to say Thank it in you. the way just. Because it's, I love sentence mixing <laughs> I love jokes sentence like that. Too. Just just because of the absurdity of like how different. Because you because know, like that's mm-hmm. not the way the sentence was said, but like yeah. it just kind of adds to the comedy, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet seal movie intonation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I was just I was gonna say like the animation. I wanted to talk a little bit, bit about that. Um, if we could, okay. uh, it's. It is good, the fact that it's all one guy, it's on Flash, but the facial expressions are mm-hmm. godlike. They're so funny <laughs> at times. Yeah. Like there's that one scene there's the scene where they like get married for the first time. Oh, and, and Friar like, Lawrence has that like look on his face, his like eyes are narrowed and he has that smirk. <laughs> yeah, like all three of those characters look high and you see like there's smoke <laughs> everywhere, so it just adds to the comedy of that. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't tell if that was supposed to be for comedy, but I mean, I, I don't was, think so. But that kind of adds to it. There you know, was the a fact really that funny it joke right before it, where like Romeo Seal and Juliet Seal are like kissing repeatedly, and and the friars like, I can see you're in a hurry. I'll try to make this quick. <laughs> okay, so that's an actual joke. But then like the facial yeah. expressions are so goddamn unintentionally funny yeah. that that's also <laughs> funny. So it's like these different layers of comedy for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that's <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the character design? Speaking of the animation, um, I mean, I think it's a little simplistic. Yeah. Um, and I mean that as both a good and bad thing, because like, I feel like they're simplistic enough that they're easier to draw. To yeah. They're easier to animate for sure. You can definitely tell. But like, I mean, some of the a more like I I think some of the other character designs are good. Like I'm thinking of Friar Lawrence, like how mm-hmm. he's like this old man and he has like the mustache and yeah. makes it look like he has like the mustache of <laughs> He looks the... like the Lorax. He looks like the Lorax. I was also gonna say he looks like the the father from Cinderella, you know, with like the big bushy mustache. Um uh the king's dad or Cinderella's dad? The the king from okay, yeah, Cinderella. The king, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If anything goes wrong yeah, I love that line of his. <laughs> um, but yeah, like when I th- but like when you think of like the other seal characters, like Romeo is 
pretty simplistic. Mm-hmm. Mercutio is pretty simplistic. Just a blob, like a little mushroom shaped. Yeah, and like and then, seal body. But, yeah, and then Benvolio is just like fat seal. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't like the Benvolio fat jokes. Nah. Yeah, they don't really do much of anything with those jokes. They're just like, hey, he's they're, fat. It's they're like, just okay. there. Yeah, they're just there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I like the prince and just how like big and bulbous his nose is uh because it really kind of adds to like this like gigantic character but i feel like anything beyond that is just kind of fine again these are not bad character designs but by any means mm-hmm. they're just simplistic um, yeah and considering the fact that it was just one guy working on them yeah they kind of had to be but mm-hmm. i feel like it works for what it is yeah I'm still trying to decide how I feel about them. The first time I watched this movie at the beginning with the fight with all the like copy pasted Capulet and Montague seal, I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to tell these characters apart. Oh, no. But then I kind of figured it out. Yeah. I mean, the major characters definitely have distinct looks to them. Even like the dad characters, like the Romeo's dad and Juliet's dad, like they look distinct from other seals. But then when it's like, you know, the background seals, mm-hmm. it is just copy and paste it yeah. over and over and over again. And and Romeo yeah. seal and Juliet seal look the exact same, just different colors. And Juliet seal has eyelashes. Yeah, that's how you know she's a girl seal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, at least they didn't make her pink with a big bow. I was going to say, like, Erm, actually, they should have just put a pink bow on her. So then I definitely know she's a girl seal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. No. I found it really funny when I when you could definitely tell when like two uh like like you were saying with like at the beginning when like the seals are fighting, you can definitely see like the um different sequences of animation that he just copy and pasted of like two seals yep. just like fighting and like it reverses and then like it goes <laughs> back and forth and it's like the same like movements and you're just like ah uh-huh. <laughs> and like the the same thing whenever like the seals are dancing. Um, oh yeah, yeah, the Capulet party. Yeah, the Capulet party, and especially like at the end, like at the end dance sequence, which I'm now just realizing this movie falls into the classic trap of ending dance with a sequence. Dance party. Yeah, ending dance parties. God damn it! That happened in Shakespeare plays too, though. <laughs> okay, so clearly Shakespeare was ripping off robots. Okay, good to know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, where they have a big like dance curtain call. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. Like in some movies, it makes more sense than others to end on like a dance party. Um, but then other times, it's just like, oh, you're just doing it because uh, it's the ending of a movie and you're a kids' movie and you have nothing else to offer. Mm-hmm. I guess. I guess it works here, though. Thinking about it, because it's like, okay, Romeo and Juliet are alive, and like the two feuding families are no longer feuding, so they just or like let's get along now let's have a party to yeah symbolize our getting along now yeah friar lawrence has this moment that's like look this is punishment for your hatred look what is done they're dead but then they aren't dead anymore because yeah because romeo (laughs) didn't uh poison himself with real poison he just like kissed juliet and got the fake poison off her lips (laughs) yeah so clearly this is where the uh this movie differs from the classic Romeo and Juliet. I mean, mm-hmm. clearly the fact that they're seals differs from the original already, but <laughs> this is where it really differs from the original in oh, that yeah. they don't die at the end, um, which I kind of get. It is a kid's movie that would be extraordinarily 
harsh for a kids movie if the two main characters just died um Mm -hmm. but like yeah the way they do that is weird because it's like here Juliet, drink this potion that makes it look like you do die but you don't it's like Mm -hmm. what like and then prior lawrence tries to go warn romeo like hey she's not actually dead but then he gets chased by a shark which he gets chased by a shark funnier (laughs) and kind of a more satisfying explanation than what happened in the play with his letter getting delayed Oh, <laughs> wait, is that the actual explanation? Yeah, he like gives this other bishop a letter to go deliver to Romeo to explain everything that he's doing. But then there's like the plague or something. The other bishop can't go deliver the letter and then Romeo doesn't find out. SMH, the post office pissing me off once again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yeah, I guess that makes a little more sense. I mean, you can't really have mm-hmm. a shark show up in the original. Romeo what was his name? Friar John. Yeah. Was it Friar John? I don't remember. Friar John was uh, the guy who was supposed to deliver the letter. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, it's a shark in this one. And this is where uh-huh. uh, Kissy brings in her schoolmates. And yep. they're all just... The only point where Kissy is plot relevant. Yeah, they're, they're all clones of her? Like, what was that all about? She says I'm... they're from her school. And then in the... No, this is the Kissy the Kissing Fish lore that happens in the credits. She's like, you know what kind of fish I am? I'm a kissing fish and nobody knows my name. But you yeah. can call me Kissy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's when we find out this character's name is at the end credits. Yep. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows her real name, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but they still say in the opening narration that Romeo and Juliet Seal are star-crossed, even though star-crossed means, like, fated to not work out in the end. Oh, is that what that means? Yeah, okay. like their stars are crossed. Okay, you know what? I didn't even really think about what that actually meant. I was just saying it because it's like, oh, that gets brought up when talking about Romeo and Juliet. But you know what? That's a good point yeah they're they wouldn't star cross meaning they wouldn't work out okay Mm -hmm. you know that actually i guess that ties into the uh cultural gaslighting we've been doing to ourselves with romeo and juliet because i feel like from a young age i knew of romeo and juliet and like how that's kind of the uh quintessential like lovey-dovey nature of relationships is through romeo and juliet but then you get to high school and you realize oh they die at the end yeah (laughs) actually um yeah i guess that i guess this is like a a frankenstein's monster type of thing where we're like we've like culturally gaslit ourselves into thinking the creature is named frankenstein Mm -hmm. when it's not it's the name of the The other the other big one in this play is people not really knowing the meaning of wherefore I mean, yeah, wherefore, that's a good one. I mean, because nobody really says wherefore anymore. Yeah, like, it meant <laughs> why, why except okay. now they think, people think it just means where. And this movie is yeah. guilty of this, too, at points <laughs> where Mercutio's like, where are you, my Romeo? But at least he says where. And then yeah. there's one point in, in at the end where Friar Lawrence is like, Romeo, wherefore art thou? <laughs> oh, my God. Phil, why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nah, I'm so kidding. Juliet's asking, like, why are you Romeo? Because, like, why does your name have to be the name of my enemy? Like, they're divided mm. by their names. Whereas in this movie, they're divided by their colors. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You want them to be different colored seals to differentiate the Capulets and the Montagues. But, like, 
white versus brown Phil. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> like, it makes that scene minute. that makes the balcony scene so awkward when Juliet's like, What's in a color? Oh Romeo, if only you could change your color. <laughs> yeah. If only you were white like me. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> oh no, Phil, no. Phil, no. <laughs> Oh no! Get I I'm sure it was all unintentional. Probably. Sure. Like there's there's no way I don't I don't get that vibe from this movie. Um, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Still love James's review of this movie on Letterboxd, where he's like, "Mrs. Obama, I've done it. I've stopped seal racism. <laughs> Stop seal seal racism. Yeah." I'm proud of my most recent uh, review where I was where I was quoting Romeo's dad because every time he was on screen, mm-hmm. the actor just had to be like Romeo, my son. I'm just mm-hmm. I just love the line read of that. I, was, I love his delivery when Romeo dies. He's just like, oh no. Anyway, he's like, oh no, Romeo. Like, oh dude, but like this, this ties Your back into the voice son acting. Just, just like died. <laughs> Are you gonna show any emotion? At least an oh no, or like a tear, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something other than my, Romeo, my son. <laughs> oh, it's I, everything. I, you, there's so many little details to this movie that, like, when you point them out, you're just like, this is bizarre. Like, like you're yeah. so, you're so right. I can see why you've like you know attached yourself to this movie. Why right? like you just you it, live it and breathe this movie. It fascinates me to know. Yeah. Ends. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is it is fascinating. Um, I want to put it on a petri dish and look at it under a microscope. Yeah, underneath a, a film microscope for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's why we. <laughs> that's, yeah. This is what the, what the podcast is all about. This is our our microscope looking into mm-hmm. the petri dish. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to say? Because uh, I've pretty much run out of things Um, i have a long list um let's see no please please by all means keep going keep going (laughs) i wrote i don't like how they pronounce mercutio in my notes um and was it well how did they say it they said mercutio right they said mercutio mercutio okay i don't know i don't know which one's more accurate i guess this play does take place in verona but in this movie it takes place in like the sea yeah the ocean I, I don't know how they. The I don't know how they pronounce things. Shark the, the Island. <laughs> yeah, Shark Island. We can't not talk about Shark Island. <laughs> it's so funny, Shark Island. <laughs> it's just it's just a shark fin. <laughs> yep. Apparently, the, the design of Shark Island like changes slightly every time it's on screen. You know, you're honestly right because it, I feel like the fin at the beginning is mm-hmm. a lot thicker. It's whereas, something like, my in, friend pointed out when they showed this movie to me. Yeah, like later on in the movie, it looks a lot thinner. Like it looks like the sort of like the mountain in Nightmare Before Christmas, except it doesn't like curl or anything. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh wow, I'm just. Re- it's just hitting me that like yeah, it did look different. Yeah, and then there's the fact they also pointed out to me that there's a like whole entire chicken like a like rotisserie looking chicken that's just floating underwater in the shipwreck scene i noticed that yeah i was like i was gonna say something while watching it again with buddies and but i completely forgot but yeah there's just a whole ass chicken just like still like like still at the bottom of i i mean it said neptune i thought it was the titanic at first yeah right 
<laughs> I guess that would have been in bad yeah, taste. Yeah, because they do the, the Titanic. little Titanic thing. Right? Yeah, then they do the King of the World they thing. Do, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't uh, in the play. <laughs> no, no. no. Mm-hmm. And then they have their little like dance bit after they get married, where uh, Juliet slaps Romeo for no reason. I wrote in my notes, why does she slap him? Uh, like he kisses yeah. her on the cheek and then she slaps yeah. him and falls to the ground and then they dance more and then she kisses him on the cheek and it's like oh what okay was, was that at the racism club um when they're yeah, dancing at yeah. the club okay yeah and then everybody in that club is just racist yeah okay except for kissy uh, except for, for kissy <laughs> and then a literal shrimp is like quiet you shrimp yeah <laughs> quiet you shrimp Oh, that got me good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, wait, we didn't talk about the songs in this. Oh, yeah, I forgot music. this was a musical song. Yeah. This was a musical movie because the first song is just Romeo talk singing. He's not really I think like... the first song is actually the strongest musically because it has okay. the little backup vocals of the do-do-do-do, 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 wow-wow. That's actually pretty catchy. Yeah, that's good. But then like Romeo himself, like the actor's just kind of talking yeah, there's, like, instead no of really melody. singing. Yeah, yeah. There is no melody. So it's just kind of awkward. Um, and then, yeah, and then, and then the villain gets his own song. Oh, where it's yeah. Just him in a suit and he's driving Banger. a yacht. <laughs> Baby, baby, I got style. <laughs> this is, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, and the like starfish show up to sing about how hot the seal is. Yeah, and then he's bathing in lava. Yep. Just, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, I get it. He's bathing in lava and he's hot, but then he's also very self centered. So, very clever, yeah. Phil. I like that. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> can't tell if i like that song ironically or unironically either i i don't remember the melody of it so it, i don't juliet I, and i are getting married tonight Ooh, baby baby that's all right what a sight Ooh, baby baby gonna look just right tonight <laughs> i like the idea of giving the villain a song i just don't remember the song all that much although now that you've sung it i guess i do now so <laughs> all right i'm, I'm i've been converted everything. it's a good song i know you remember everything that's <laughs> That's why I brought you on to talk about this. Then movie, there's their you, love duet, you remember Lucky everything. Star. Um, oh yeah. Oh, and they're flying through space. Yeah, that one's very confused. <laughs> yeah, how are they flying through space? I mean, I get it. They're not actually flying through. I space. I meant the melody's very confused. That too. That too. Like it yeah, does no, sound right. a little bit like they're making it up as they go along. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Which is how all the direct-to-DVD sequel Disney movie songs sounded. <laughs> in very like, true bell's magical world i don't even remember the music in bell's magical world yeah because it just sounds like the voice actors are making up the song as they go along i mean yeah they probably are because well, it's <laughs> bell's magical world the complete opposite of the original beauty and the beast mm-hmm. uh, but we're not there yet <laughs> um yeah i guess one other thing i wanted to bring up about this movie about phil mainly is um he has been on the the show before. Uh, I've brought up a movie on this show before that he's been a part of because he co-directed Marmaduke 2022, which is kind of a staple around this around this show now because I talked about that godforsaken movie. But yeah, when I watched that movie and immediately at like after the directed part, it said co-directed by Phil Middlelink. <laughs> I was like, you don't understand. Like that was like a genuine like 
punch to the gut. I'm just like, where did that? It came out of nowhere. I'm just like, <laughs> Phil, you you worked on Marmaduke of all movies. <laughs> it was it was it was insanity. So I mean, so I'm glad we brought. I'm glad we were talking about this movie because this is a better movie mm-hmm. I'd rather associate uh, ah. Phil with. I had a text. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. It's just a picture of my brother with some like race cars at a race car museum. He's at a race car museum? What kind of race cars? I think he went to the NASCAR thing that's this week. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. In Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Is there anything else on your notes? Let's see. I wrote Kissy Sucks. I wrote Third Act is Very Long. It felt a lot yeah. longer on this rewatch. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> hmm. Generic sound effects. Uh, the part where Romeo sees Juliet for the first time, he like cringes at her. <laughs> Since this is a love at first sight story, the first time that the main couple sees each other is supposed to be a big deal, but it's here they just kind of look at each other. Yeah. So I don't like, and it... then he. Yeah, I didn't even get this until like my third rewatch, but he like mouths something and I just thought they forgot to put in the audio for his line, but he's mouthing her name because the prince says Juliet and then he's like, Juliet, but just mouthing. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then Juliet does the same thing when she learns Romeo's name. She just like mouths Romeo's name with no dialogue. Okay, interesting. I yeah, I, I think did not that was supposed to be like a sweet moment, but I just it just looked like they forgot to put in the audio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, considering the level of quality we're dealing with here, I I wouldn't be surprised. Um, which is unfortunate. Like, yeah, like we we want to appreciate something like that, but I mean, you only have one guy working on this thing. Like, you can only get so far, I guess, with the quality. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I wrote a little bit about the colors and backgrounds. Those were really good, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, maybe because I'm I'm a sucker for like purple backgrounds, um, mm-hmm. when used correctly. And I think, because I think it does add some like atmosphere and mood to those scenes. Um, but yeah, like and like the contrast of like the purpley and orange like sunsets, like those I think look really good, all uh-huh. things considered. And I do like how the background colors and stuff change based on the mood of the scene. Yeah, that's nice. I think it's done far better in something like Across the Spider Verse. But <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it seems kind of unfair to ju- to like compare the two. But uh, you know, that just came to my mind right now. So, <laughs> oh well, they're still both ten out of tens. They're very true. Very true. <laughs> Oh, brother. Yeah, I was thinking I gave this movie and the other movie we're going to talk about both 10 out of 10s, but like for vastly different reasons. Yeah, I don't think I'm on the same level of ironically enjoying this as you are. I mean, I I can't say I've ever had a bad time watching this movie. I think of the two times I've watched it, I think there's things to appreciate. Um, And I th- I I really do respect the hell out of this movie once you realize that you know it was phil doing like the majority of this stuff all by himself Mm -hmm. so for that alone like i respect the hell out of this movie for that but i don't really see it being something i would like revisit ironically as opposed to like other movies we've watched on like wheel night for example like I can see why you appreciate this movie mm-hmm. and 
I'm glad you do. It um, is so fun to watch with friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it is fun to watch with friends. It. Yeah, and maybe sometimes sure. even with. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I just can't say I'm on the same level as you are, where I would give it a ten out of ten. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm not there. That's fair. Um. Yeah. No, but like I, there's plenty of other movies I would uh give a ten out of ten for the reasons that you would give this a ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. So I, I completely sympathize. Um with that mm-hmm. faux show um all right anything last minute uh before we wrap up i want to show this to my shakespeare professor <laughs> oh my god yeah maybe no, i'll I wanna, email her <laughs> yeah i want to know what like shakespeare uh enthusiasts and professionals think of this movie <laughs> specifically yeah. mm-hmm. oh god yeah i mean any sort of shakespeare adaptation i mean i feel like i'd want to hear what a shakespeare professional would think of uh nomeo and juliet just because oh yeah oh my gosh oh my gosh i took shakespeare tragedies and romances like last year as a class and we read romeo and juliet as one of our plays assigned for that course and at the beginning of the class my professor was like so why did all of you decide to take this class and this one guy was like so we can talk about the cinematic masterpiece that is nomeo and juliet oh my god and then we never did (laughs) oh my god people like that exist in real life Oh, oh my god poor adam that is wow he wasted an entire entire term i mean trust me if i was that age i would absolutely take film classes to talk about uh terrible movies <laughs> for sure but like i don't think i would ever admit that to like real people i think <laughs> like, it was a joke but i'm not right. sure well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he really believes in Romeo and Juliet. Maybe yeah. he has a passion for it. I mean, mm-hmm. hey, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> anyway, I think that's a good note to end on. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we do, um, I just like to, I like to tie this into the podcast. Um, so this is a podcast about my collection, um, and I like to decide on whether I want to add or keep stuff to the collection. Um, I've I remember I tried you I think you've sent me like a link or two to this on being on DVD. Um Yeah. But not like, even I would buy this on DVD. <laughs> really? Okay. I don't know. Wow. I don't think so. Yeah, no, that's kind of surprising actually. I mean, when it's free I mean, it's, on YouTube. It eh. is free on YouTube. Yeah, and I assume you don't collect physical. Um so that's probably why. Like mm-hmm. I I collect physical. Um so I would like to have physical copies of all these movies I love and appreciate. I probably not Romeo and Juliet seal movie though. Cause like, again, like I said, I don't have the ironic enjoyment that you have for it. I respect it as Phil doing his damnedest to make this an actual movie, (laughs) but that's where it kind of ends for me. Um, So it's not, it's not one for the collection, but I am glad we talked about it this episode. Um, so then so then we can spread the word because i feel like i feel like people should know about this um Mm -hmm. you know less people should see marmaduke 2022 as a phil nibblink movie and more people should see romeo and juliet (laughs) seal movie movie. yeah exactly romeo and juliet seal movie exactly exactly thank you phil for romeo and juliet seal movie yes thank you (laughs) oh well speaking of my collection uh we do have at least one other movie to talk about uh, that actually is in my collection. That's how we'll tie it into the podcast. Um, so, Jess, you wanted to talk about Beauty and the Beast. Yes, I uh, did. Woo, the equally I'm, good movie. 
Yeah, the equally good movie. I mean, it's no Romeo and Juliet Seal it's movie, no let's Romeo be fair. It's no Romeo and Juliet Seal movie, but... But it's Beauty and the Beast, one of Disney's most acclaimed movies in the past century or so. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's only that, whatever. Hasn't Disney <laughs> only been around for the past century or so? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, Jess, what'd you think of Beauty and the Beast, 1991? Wow, I really liked it. Yes, I'm shocked. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Um, a beloved Disney movie that liked? Yeah, wow. (laughs) uh I've seen this so many times that uh, I mentioned this in my Letterboxd review, but this time I watched the French dub on Disney+. Mm, Yeah. It was still very good. Like right away when I started the French dub, I was like, wow, she sounds just like the original Belle, but in French. (laughs) But in French. (laughs) You know, she yeah. has that kind of like Susan Egan lilt going on. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know who the yeah. French dub voice actress for Belle is, but she was really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Some of the names were changed. Like, oh. Cogsworth in the French dub is called Big Ben. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, and instead of I Philippe, they call the horse, horse Philibert. Philibert. Hmm. Yeah, like Filbert, but I don't know. Okay. <laughs> But this isn't a review of the French dub. It's a review of the movie. Uh, it's it's yeah. good. <laughs> it is very good. Yeah, no, I watched the English uh, version because that's what I'm most used to, and I hate the French. Um, so <laughs> I... Valid. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching this as a kid and thinking it was good, um, and then I didn't watch it for, like, years um, because I think we lost the VHS for it. I don't know if we lost it when we moved or we lost it just because we just didn't have it anymore. Maybe it broke and my parents just didn't tell me. Um, but mm-hmm. there was, like, a good chunk of my life where I didn't see this movie, um, which is funny because I did see The Enchanted Christmas a lot more um, <laughs> because we had that. But now it's switched because I have this on Blu-ray and we've lost the Enchanted Christmas VHS tape. I don't know where that went. Perfectly Um, balanced. Yeah, perfectly balanced as all things should be. Um, But I remember watching it again. I was like, I had to be like 18 at the time when I rewatched it. And I had more of like a critical sense of judging a movie. And I loved it a lot more than when I was a kid. I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is something special. Like. It's so good. Um, For a time, I did consider it to be my favorite Disney movie. It's gone down slightly to like number four, but like four out of 60 something movies, that's still pretty damn good. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's not my all time favorite. I think I appreciate movies like Aladdin and Fantasia a little more, but Beauty and the Beast is something special. Like, I'm not sure how is... this would rank in terms of my favorite Disney movies. I have not put as much thought into ranking them as <clears throat> other people I know. <laughs> yeah, hmm, suspicious. Who are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> 24 Frames of Nick, of course. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Beauty and the Beast is just... It, not only is it super special because it's like one of the very few um, animated movies to be nominated for Best Picture. Like... Not just best animated feature, like best picture straight up. Yeah. Um, it's just so good on its own. Like, it didn't, like, y- you could tell me, like, it wasn't nominated for best picture, and I would probably still assume it was because it's just that, it's just that mm-hmm. prestigious, I feel like. It's, and it doesn't really, 
it's not like I feel like when I think of like grand Disney movies, you think of something like Lion King because um, mm-hmm. like and Lion King obviously is very, very good. Like that has a grand scope to it. I feel like this movie does, too. But all it is is just two people hanging out in a castle with like uh, <laughs> people who are like candlesticks and clocks, you know, like it's yeah. not it's not. Like, looking at it from an objective standpoint, it's not a very grand movie, but, like, just the way it's told, the way it's shot, the way it's animated. Oh, it's yeah. And I love the grand. score and the backgrounds, oh too. That Those really stood so out good. to me on this watch. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, the animation. So good. Like, there are so many scenes that are just burned into my memory of, like, mm-hmm. like little shots of, like, when um, Maurice and Philippe are, like, uh, walking through the forest, like, those are very atmospheric yeah. and very, very good. But, like, even grand shots of, like, Belle running through the field and singing, like, her I Want I want song. adventure in the great white somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. And then, like, the shots inside the castle, like, when they're, like, walking through. And... The neoclassic Baroque castle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it ain't Baroque, don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and then there's also there's also the scene when like Beast and Belle are like walking through the um, castle for the first time. He's like, he's like, oh, I hope oh, you like must it here. Never go into the west. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god, the the hit of like it's forbidden, like the echo. Uh-huh. It's so good, so good. It, that's yeah. edged in my memory as well. Like, not only is like the animation like very good, but like just the way everything's shot and directed, it's also very good. Like and like the 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 impact of certain scenes are so good. Like like I just said, mm-hmm. the it's forbidden line read, so good. So good. Yeah. And I really noticed a lot more on this viewing too, speaking of that scene, how the bell the beast and bell first interact, where mm. like the, the the staff at the castle were making him more angry and kind of like trying too hard to push him into acting a certain way but then once that all sort of stopped it became easier for him to talk to Belle. yeah that's a good point how like you know because like yes the uh his staff are just like obviously pushing him like oh this could be the one oh, this could oh, be the you one you need to ask more you need to act more gentlemanly oh you need but don't be sincere but do this but do that blah 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 like just like Putting yeah. so much pressure on him. I, I imagine it's a lot of pressure to have to get someone to fall in love with you within like a certain amount of time or else everyone will be objects forever and you'll be cursed forever. Yeah, isn't that like such a like not only is it him he he's thinking about, but like the fact that like it's his entire like yeah, castle staff. I wrote too. that in like, my notes. Why did the enchantress curse the staff? They didn't do anything. I mean, I feel like that I mean that's just one of those like forever punishment thing and you know what it's interesting that like um characters like cogsworth and lumiere and mrs potts like they don't hold any resentment towards the beast i mean i guess maybe that's a testament to like how forgiving those characters are but then also Mm -hmm. i guess maybe that's just not what the movie's about it would have been so interesting if they had shown resentment to the beast but i feel like we're getting into two like (laughs) yeah yeah, I that's wa- when you I just... want this to be more deep than it is sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I feel like even though it's not as deep as it probably could be, I feel like what it still achieves is still very good. Yeah. Um, and I don't because th- like I know like not to say that like, you know, there's a group of people that hate this movie. I this movie's very well beloved. Um yeah. obviously the 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 people who like, you know, try to uh tear down this movie is something 
you know, that it's something it's not. It's obviously a very small minority, but mm-hmm. I do feel like there is that like kind of but, idea that- But it annoys that, me. <laughs> it does annoy, it annoys me too. Like, I, you know, the elephant in the room, the Stockholm Syndrome debate. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, even just like the whole like um, holes and like the Enchantress's curse of it being like, oh, you- were so you were rude to me. I'm gonna turn you into a beast you on your twenty first year. Your house when you were eleven. Yeah, technically he was eleven when this all happened. Even though in the Enchanted Christmas, the um, flashback shows him being the exact same age he is in uh, current day. It's is just, he? Well, I can't yeah, tell what age he's supposed to be in the Enchanted Christmas flashback. Also, I refuse to accept the Enchanted Christmas is canon. Maybe that's right. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to include that as canon because where was Forte? Where was Fife? Where mm-hmm. was the the uh, axe guy? Where was Bernad- Bernadette Peters' character? Um, <laughs> Bernadette Peters' angel. Yeah. And where was Gaston in Enchanted Christmas? Yeah! These are important things we have to know. Um, Gaston was the only character left untouched by the, 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 the direct-to-DVD sequels. That Good. is true. That That is a good thing. Very mm-hmm. A very, very good thing. Um, but yeah, I guess that's just one of those things. It's like, I, it's one of those things you don't necessarily need to think about. I feel like, I feel like that's why at the beginning you don't actually see the scenes of him, like rejecting the Enchantress as like actually animated. Like it's, it's told in like these, um, it's told in like these colored glass, like like the mm-hmm. the, the stained glass windows, stained very glass, pretty. the stained yeah the stained glass windows. Not only is that aesthetically cool to look at, mm-hmm. but like it, I feel like that kind of shows the um, it, it, it kind of like reinforces that it's not this like the opening is not really something you need to think about. Like you just need basic setup things, like basic yeah. things to set the story up, and, and I that's love the music it. for the opening. Oh my gosh, oh, it opens so with good. this like da 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 da. Da, bum. and yeah, i like i was like i recognize good. that too and that's from if i can't love her from the musical except it probably like the order was the other way around but <laughs> maybe it was yeah <laughs> yeah no yeah it's oh it's it's very aesthetically pleasing it's very i think it's well told for what it is yes it again like we were just saying there's some holes in these stories but again i think because of the way it's told the the reason it's told that way is because the focus is on the characters. The focus is on Belle and mm-hmm. the Beast kind of coming together. That's why it's called Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Like th- the movie is about Beauty and the Beast coming together and forming a relationship. That's yeah. the meat of the story. That's what we should be focusing on. And that's uh-huh. what the movie does focus on. And I think that works out for the best. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't try to add on little things that it doesn't need to. Cough, cough. The 2017 live action movie. Cough, cough. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Never do. It's very bad. <laughs> it's the only thing okay. I've ever, the only thing I've retained from that is the the ironic enjoyment I get from that one scene where there's Teaching a guy who's just a girl like, to read. Isn't one enough? <laughs> <laughs> oh, very bad movie. Not Aww. good. Not good. I loved yeah. Belle as a kid because I loved reading always. Yeah. No, yeah. you, you know what? I love Belle in this movie too. I think I'm more of a fan of Ariel as my favorite Disney princess, but Belle would probably be a close second for me. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, yeah, like she's, I I think for what she is, she works really well. She's like this nice kind of quiet character, um, but you definitely buy that she wants a little more 
but mm-hmm. she, you, you don't you don't see her as selfish though for wanting more you know yeah. because she I, I feel like friends you know yeah she wants friends she wants friends to talk about with also. reading yeah yeah and she's the only character in the town that wears blue um, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> me when i want to wear blue but my town wants to wear orange yeah because they're french peasants yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh can we talk about gaston Oh yeah! Oh, let's talk yeah. about Gaston. We 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 alluded to him earlier being the only character untouched from the from the sequels standpoint. Which mm-hmm. yeah, you bring up a very good point. He is the only character not ruined by the sequels, and I, I appreciate loved that. Gaston's character introduction in this just it's, uh, oh my yeah. gosh! I noticed it more on this rewatch too. How he just like shoots the bird that's flying beautifully in the opening song. And then LeFou is like, no beast alive stands a chance against you and no girl either for that matter. And I'm like, hmm. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. Wow. That's brilliant, actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually like the idea of like, you don't see him necessarily. You see like what he does. Like the first thing he does is shoot that goose in the sky. But you just see like the goose fall. Like that's his introduction. You're just like, oh. Like his his destruction is like speaks more for him, and then eventually mm-hmm. you do see him. He's like this. Yeah, he just steps sh- out of the shadows. Steps out of the shadows. It's he's a this- very villainous introduction for a character who also feels like they could have been set up as the hero. Yeah, that's always an interesting thing. I remember the nostalgia critic said that, like in his Disney December review, like years ago. He's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, in any other movie, like Gaston would be the hero. And I remember like really thinking about that. I'm like, I guess he would be, uh-huh. but like even then, like he is, like you, he is, um, unabashedly the villain in right. the movie. Like you get that instantly. Um, but yeah, I guess like if it was framed in a different way, yeah, he would be the hero. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kind of is because he is the hero to the town. My like, only it's ne- crime was love. <laughs> yeah. There, there's never a scene where like the town turns against him. Like he is, he dies essentially the town hero. Um, right. Which I think is really interesting. But again, like that's not what the movie's about. The movie's not about like changing the minds of these townspeople. The movie is about, bell and the beast forming this relationship so i think with what little we get of gaston i say little we do get a lot with gaston Mm -hmm. that i think is very good i think what we do get is brilliant and it works and we don't need any more um from what we see which is why he doesn't come back in the sequels and that's a good thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i love his villain song the right it's so good gaston or the mob song the Oh, yeah, I guess there would be two different songs. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the Gaston specific song, like the actual villain song of his. Um, Yeah. Because I like that because um, he barely sings in it. He does sing in -hmm. it, obviously. But, like, I like how it's mostly the townspeople and LeFou, like, you know, massaging his ego, (laughs) essentially. Just hyping him up. Exactly. Like, that, that is such a good way. That is such a good way to characterize him is, like, having all these other people like you know massage Mm -hmm. his ego for him and that's his song like that's such a that's such a clever way of delivering this villain song i feel like you know yeah he's like i'm the best and everybody loves me and the beast meanwhile in his castle is like oh everyone hates me and everything sucks yeah exactly that that's a good that's a good point they're very good parallels Mm -hmm. how like Everybody loves Gaston. Nobody loves the Beast. I'd mm-hmm. oh, so good, so good. Yeah. I'm, I, 
I'm glad you're pointing these things out because these are things I haven't even realized. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm glad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was an English major in college, but I've done fuck all with that. Um, <laughs> that's okay. No, but like, but but no, like it's it's good that I'm like discovering these new things. Like that just shows that there's like so much to this movie to mm-hmm. discover. Um, there's just a lot to it. Yeah, and that that's what makes it so brilliant. Uh, you know, among other things, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and the and the Gaston song also kind of sets up the mob song because he has everyone in the town on his side already, so it doesn't take a lot for him to like rouse them to action. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have yeah, you, you seen all... that Tumblr post that's like commands my followers to attack? Uh, I have not. Please explain. <laughs> okay, no, that's just what I was thinking of because he's like he's got all these followers already, and then he just commands them to attack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll think about it because like. Abel at first almost convinces them because she's because like there's that one woman who like when she's just like show me the beast and she like shows the mirror to everybody and like there's a woman who's just like oh is he dangerous and she like she starts to explain like no he's kind he's gentle like please and like she almost convinces them but then Gaston steps in and is just like if I didn't know any better I think you had had feelings for this monster he's not a monster Gaston you are (laughs) <laughs> see that i got as a kid even as a kid i'm just like oh i get it he's a monster <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no it's it's but like i you're right though he he always he always had the upper hand with like the uh the townspeople mm-hmm. for sure because i mean it's it's gaston no nobody's like gaston no what? yeah <laughs> i, I um, love the memes of that song also <laughs> oh my god yeah four dozen eggs Every morning to get to get you large. Help me get large. It's so good. It's it's both really funny because like yeah, there's so many memes surrounding that song. Whether it's oh like the, gosh. and then like the there's that very famous uh, screenshot of like the smear of like him like uh, like <laughs> stretching out his arms and it says like Disney World or something like that. Yeah. Like that's that's classic internet right there. Yeah. Um, but the animation for that song too is so expressive. Oh yeah, for sure. The facial expressions in this movie are also great. As you can see, I have biceps to spare. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. In general, like the the facial expressions in this movie are so good. It's and I mean they're also really funny. Uh, well, no, that's more so from Bell's Magical World with the derp bell well, yeah. uh, face. <laughs> that, that's the one I was thinking of. No, but like like unironically in this movie yes for sure mm-hmm. there's so many there's so many because they're so expressive like um oh there's this one shot i'm trying to remember we're like th- th- there's like this one shot of like the beast and like how he's able to like go through so many emotions um there's that one like the the one i'm thinking of is when like it's after their very famous da- dance room scene um mm-hmm. where they're like out on the balcony um oh when he or, releases her yeah when he releases her and he's oh like she like he like he struggles like you see like the struggle in him like being mm-hmm. like oh i have to let her go but like ultimately he does decide you know yeah. you have to go like and i okay. think that's such i think that's such a powerful scene because there is that like there is that like little bit of like kind of almost holding back from letting her yeah, go but then ultimately very conflicted too yeah because he is conflicted um i remember and uh i can't remember who pointed this out but not to shit talk the remake again but i kind of <laughs> have to there's that there's that exact scene like in the movie um the beast just 
lets her go like like flat out he's just like go oh. yeah he's just like, like there's no like wow that's under hold up yeah there's no hang up there's no emotional hang up for him he's just like just go like whatever it's just like oh what? wow what you are giving what? up you are willingly giving up your only chance to become a human again for the person you have fallen in love with and you have like no strong emotions about it. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's what I like about this movie is that like it's not like a big blow up scene where he lets her go. Like it's just it's mm-hmm. it's a very quiet, very subtle uh performance for sure. But like that's all you really need is just yeah. this like quiet like quiet contemplation for like a couple of seconds and then he's like you and should go. And then he go. just roars. And then he roars. He's in oh, pain. So good. Because he's in pain. That's when he lets it out. Oh, my oh, It's gosh. so good. What breaks yeah. my heart is that the fight later when Gaston shows up and the beast just, like, stands there and lets Gaston shoot him with the arrow and doesn't fight back until he sees Belle and is like, oh, she came back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Such a good scene. Such a good mm-hmm. scene. Yeah, no, that's that's so... You're so right, though, how he's, like... Mm-hmm. Especially when, like they're breaking in and he's just like just let them come just like them i don't even Whatever. i don't even ca- i don't even care anymore yeah and let then the once bell shows be up done with me. <laughs> oh I'm yeah keep and referencing th- the musical <laughs> i mean you always reference musicals that's fine yeah <laughs> and this is a really good musical it is very much so i mean so, i'm yes. not talking about the musical adaptation here i actually think the movie's better than the musical adaptation but i do like a couple okay. of musical adaptation songs yeah, so I've only ever seen like when it comes to Beauty and the Beast adaptations, I've seen this one, I've seen the 2017 one. I think I've seen one from uh years ago that was like a uh um a a bootleg of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> um The musical? I don't think it was a musical. I think it oh. was just like I think it was purely made to be a bootleg that scummy studios could sell because the disney one was oh, so like hot a mock at buster? the time yeah like a mockbuster exactly um but yeah so i have not seen any musical adaptations of beauty and the beast so but you say mm-hmm. like this one this one is superior yeah there is a disney uh musical no i said the, the movie is superior to the disney musical adaptation yeah yeah that's what i meant like the movie is superior to the musical also, James and I have talked about this a lot before, but the Disney stage shows are like proof that you can insert new songs into pre-existing Disney movie musicals and still have them work. Mm, that's true. Because Unlike a lot of the live action remake songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, well, because the live action remakes are just bad ideas to begin with. Whereas yeah. I feel like I feel like with stage musicals, you get the it's a different medium from a movie mm-hmm. so like i feel like you can still you still have that like creative freedom um in trying something new whereas like when it's a live action movie you're taking away that creative freedom so like that's why it doesn't work as yeah. well but i, I mean there's uh-huh. numerous reasons why li- disney live action remakes don't work um yeah yeah uh, the good news is this movie is still superior to the live action remake. I mean, not Woo. that it, there was ever doubt in my mind that it <laughs> wouldn't be. <laughs> mm-hmm. I might check out the live action remake out of curiosity on Disney Plus or something. I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's worth watching at least once just yeah. to know like where it fails. You and believe where to it f- this day I've never seen a Disney live action remake. I mean, that's probably for the best because yeah. because. 
they're not even funny bad you know like a lot of them are just mm. boring they're just mm. it literally is just a case of oh it's this is the original but like worse in every way possible yeah. like i know some people have their specific ones that they think are better than the original but i i seriously cannot think of a single live action remake that is better than the original we in have any beauty way. and the beast at home <laughs> <laughs> for real <laughs> the two songs i love the most from the musical adaptation are home and if i can't love her mm. neither Who of them were those? in the live action remake <laughs> yeah no so home is the song that bell sings once she first becomes the beast's prisoner about mm -hmm. like trying to make this new place home and like can she find home in this place and blah, blah, blah. And some versions of the song, she has a line where I'm like, I'm just where she's like, and to think I complained of that dull provincial town, you know? Mm. And it's very moving, very beautiful. And then if I can't love her is the song at the end of act one, I think where the beast is, is like, uh, oh, angst. <laughs> angst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay. I mean, I can kind of see those working. Um, I feel like those the emotions those songs are probably trying to convey are still conveyed very well within the movie. Mm -hmm. um, so I can probably see that just kind of like, just really just adding to the runtime, really. I, th I think, yeah. I think those... I, I don't know. I have, not, I have not seen the musical, so I can't really judge it. Um, mm -hmm. But from the way you're describing it i'm sure they're good songs on their own um it's just yeah. that i think what this movie establishes it does just fine yeah um, definitely it's very tightly paced i was watching it and thinking about the yummo cut um <laughs> where you insert bell's magical world in the enchanted christmas and i was like okay i'm trying to figure out where the seams would be <laughs> yeah yeah i was thinking about that too like, actually i'm just like to a logical stopping point where you're like okay this is probably where the other direct to dvd sequels take place like huh <laughs> yeah would it be the scene where because like would you would you like put like enchanted christmas in between um something there like, and beauty and the beast maybe yeah, maybe, but like, like, cause, because, cause like, the yeah. point of something there is that, like, oh, this hasn't been here before. Um, but like, in Enchanted in Christmas Enchanted and Christmas, Bell's Magic, it's definitely not there. It's definitely not there. <laughs> they but, like, don't get along at all in those movies. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Um, no, you're absolutely right, and I feel like, uh, you know, I I feel like uh the troubling thing with that is that you don't know how long it's been so mm -hmm. like that's why they kind of get away with oh we don't know how long she's yeah. been in the castle you so that's that why the, we have you know that he saves her from the wolves on her first night there which is kind of funny to me because yeah, i was watching this like wait a minute <laughs> he tells her not to go to the west wing she goes to the west wing immediately like after dinner on the same night she runs away and then he saves her and then they go back like this was all in the process of, of like her just having arrived. Well, also, like if she just arrived, like it was still like relatively contemporary weather. But then like now it's like a snowstorm when she goes and gets saved by the wolves. Like contemporary that weather? all happened in like a contemporary like could like 69 degree weather. Just like kind of okay. fine. Contemporary I, means modern. <laughs> Yeah, no, I that was a malpropism on my part. Yeah. I, that happens a lot in this podcast. I just say things that I think makes me sound smart, but I just sound like a dumbass. <laughs> no, uh, that's okay. I do oh, that sometimes no. too. 
Yeah, no, I'm glad you corrected me because <laughs> that would have been embarrassing. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So, yeah, it's just kind of it. It is a weird um couple of scenes where you're just like, how long does this actually last? Last for? Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like because it's kind of vague. Like, I like I like how it's vague in this movie. Um, because. Yeah. You just need to know that time is passing. You don't need to know exactly how long. But then when you start including Enchanted Christmas and Bell's Magical World to be like, oh, this is how long it's been. It's like, okay, well, now this is pathetic. Like, uh, yeah. how how long was Maurice looking for her? Like, where does that line up in the canon? Mm-hmm. And uh, also, it just made it that much more like weird that none of the, the furniture, the castle staff, try to get Belle and the Beast together in either of those movies. Because here mm, they're constantly offering too. their advice and opinions on how the relationship is progressing. And then in Belle's Magical World, they're off doing their own thing. Like Lumiere has a date with the, the Feather Duster, whatever. <laughs> yeah. They barely if, interact with the Beast at all. Yeah. And then you remember that like ba- Belle's Magical World was supposed to be like a backdoor pilot for a TV show with these characters. Mm-hmm. It's just like, how long were you planning on doing that? Like, I don't know. Because, like, again, like, there's only so much time you can have in the castle before yeah. it becomes, before it actually becomes Stockholm They're Syndrome. They're in a race against time to stop the curse. They don't have that time too. for 13 more adventures. That, too. Yeah. Like, the, they're in a race against the to- race against the clock with the fucking rose. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like, you really can't have, like, a 13-season show with uh, characters just, like, being within, like, a certain set of time. and it yeah. doesn't work like if you're going if you really were going to have a sequel they should have just done after happily ever after but i get it they couldn't have because they wouldn't have been in their marketable uh furniture forms se- furniture forms they could have so just I like did what tangled the series did and have them get magic again <laughs> like <laughs> i haven't even seen tangled again? the series but i know in that movie like rapunzel's hair turns blonde and long again for some reason i mean I yeah mean, because that's cuz that's that's her marketable version is just like you remember you remember when she had the long golden hair it's like of course i remember it's like because i because i've seen tangled (laughs) yeah no so i i get why it is the way that it is but you know Mm -hmm. i feel i I feel like there's ways they could have done it better yeah take take that disney you you i'm I'm criticizing your shitty disney direct dvd Mm -hmm. sequels yeah I mean, I, I kind of almost don't want to say that it would have been impossible to make a Beauty and the Beast series that takes place while Belle is at the castle, like James said, because I, I feel like I, I want to always be on the side of no bad ideas, only bad executions, or mostly. Mm-hmm. Right. But, man. <laughs> wasn't wasn't there a Beauty and the Beast series, though, in, like, the 80s? I and, don't like, that's remember. How... Like, that's how Ron Perlman got his start. I'm pretty sure there was, like, a Beauty and the Beast series, like, in the 80s. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe here's, it was a movie. <sighs> here's how no, you make it work, in my opinion. Set it between something there, but before uh, the Beauty and the Beast song. And show that the that Belle and the Beast are, like, tentatively forming a friendship. Um show the beast being conflicted over whether to let Belle go, like plant the seed of that idea in his head so that it feels more earned at the place where it happens in the movie. I don't know. <laughs> Have Belle yeah. talk about Maurice at some point. Like I'm oh, warming okay. up to this idea, but I don't want to stay here kind of inner conflict. There's a lot yeah, you, could, exactly. you could maybe do. 
also, I, f- I found out, yes, there was a Beauty and the Beast TV series in 1987, and yeah, it had Ron Perlman in it, and Linda Hamilton from Terminator? What? What is oh. this? Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, this is, okay. Terminator it- references in both of these movies. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> we brought up Terminator twice. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, I would be remiss not to bring up the gigantic elephant in the room considering Beauty and the Beast. Uh, You mean the gigantic helicopter in the room? The gigantic helicopter in the room. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because technically, yes, James brought it up in his Disney sequel ranking with Enchanted Enchanted Christmas. (laughs) I almost said Enchanted Helicopter because my brain is just, I have that much brain rot when it comes to this meme. But... Because technically it did start with the Enchanted Christmas, because I was watching Enchanted Christmas Mm -hmm. in my server with a couple of friends, and one of my friends was just like, hey, did we ever tell you about this? And I'm like, no. (laughs) And then history was made after that. Um, But it is technically the images that it comes from are from this movie, because it's the the very famous dance scene, the very famous ballroom dance scene where they're dancing. When I when I was watching it, I was a little f- afraid. I'm like, oh god, did that meme like ruin the scene for me? But it didn't. Like, yeah, the the scene is. I mean, because it's a testament to like you know how good the scene is. Like, it's very not only beautiful. is it, yeah, not only is it very beautiful, it was like revolutionary for the time because it's mm-hmm. all because it because like the room is 3D rendered, but then like Beauty wow. and the Beast themselves are like uh-huh. you know 2D. So like it's a, it's a marrying of the 3D and 2D uh, animation, and it works really well like you know when i think of 2d and 3d combining (laughs) and it doesn't work i think of the music box in ariel's beginnings oh ariel's beginning music box that's another terrible example oh god yeah that that's ugly (laughs) oh that's that's bad cg (laughs) i was thinking of the sinbad movie from dreamworks from like the early 2000s that has it's i mean it's not the worst dreamworks movie but it's like the the the, at the very least the uh combination of 2d and 3d animation is just very bad in that movie it's very very bad darn Um, yeah no and this movie came out like a full decade before that movie and so Hmm. and this looks a lot better um you know because it feels like this is part of that era where like the where like the inclusion of cgi in a movie was a lot more restrained and so, like, people, ha- like, you know, CGI artists had to be a lot more clever with how they implemented into the movie. Mm-hmm. So, you get, you know, because this is around the time of, like, Terminator 2, uh, Jurassic Park, where, like, there are CG elements in the movie, but, like, they're used a lot more sparingly and a lot more cleverly. And so those have aged a lot better. And I feel like this movie can fall into that same camp because, again, there's the scene when, like, you know, the ballroom is, like, kind of, like... It, you have like the cam. it looks like a camera is like you know going all over the place it's like very beautifully done but like you never feel cheated like it feels very natural the way that like the characters are moving within this computerized uh scene i feel like okay yeah i also wrote in my notes that um this time while i was watching it i noticed when they pan up to the cupids i was like omg is that a reference to the fact that the original beauty and the beast novel was inspired by the story of cupid and psyche (laughs) but i might be reaching here i mean i would maybe like someone on the art department was just like hey let's put cupids in there as like a reference um Mm -hmm. but i feel like maybe because like it's that uh 
baroque period that the castle yeah. was built in that's probably and they're just more generals like symbols of love so yeah <clears throat> that too that too general symbols of love um but maybe at least one person probably thought of that i mean again i didn't because i had no idea what this was so <laughs> no but that's in, that's interesting that's interesting yeah I want to read the original Beauty and the Beast novel someday. Because we think of fairy tales as being like super old and medieval, but this one's only like 200 years ago or so. Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know there's like a live action French film that's like black and white and from the 40s on Beauty and the Beast that I've been meaning to check out because it's like on the Criterion channel or something like that. Um, yeah, I feel like there's other like versions of Beauty and the Beast I need to check out. Um but right. I mean, even though there are other versions I want to check out, I feel like I'll still love and appreciate this version because of how good it is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and because of how well so iconic, it is. iconic. Yeah, that's a great way of describing it. Mm -hmm. It's just like everybody knows it. Yeah, everybody knows this. Everybody movie. knows it's good. Every yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew it when I was a kid. I mean, listen, as a kid, my favorite movie of all time was Thomas and the Magic Railroad. Um, <laughs> so the fact that I could still pick up on this movie being good, you know, that's a testament to how good it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. So iconic. Uh, is there any other notes you had for it before we wrap up? Uh, I like the line where Bell's like he's changed somehow because it really shows that this is a story about like the beast changes his behavior rather than like the, what the critics sometimes claim that Bell is like accepting toxic behavior from the beast, just learning to live with it. Yeah, that's a good point, because like in the beginning, he's obviously always on all fours. He's like kind of crouched and slouched a lot, whereas like. And then later in the movie, when he's like dancing, like he's upright, he's like being more presentable, he's smiling. Like, yeah, there are huge changes to the character um, between mm -hmm. the beginning and to where they leave off. Like, yeah, there's huge changes. Like, that's it's very important. It's almost like being treated with kindness brought out the best in him and made him feel more like a human again. It's almost wow. like these. It's almost like these people haven't actually watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Or they're just saying these things to be different, to be like, mm -hmm. um, Beauty and the Beast isn't actually that great. It's like, yeah, okay, buddy. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, brother. Oh, boy. Oh, I wrote in my notes also, how is he that good at juggling with reference to Gaston juggling the eggs? <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> he's eating... Four... That's what takes... That's what happens when you eat four dozen eggs every morning to help him get large. Well, actually, now he's, he's upgraded to five dozen eggs, so now he's roughly the size of a barge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a firm believer in that Gaston is causing the egg shortage in the town conspiracy theory. Oh, right, because there's that woman who's like, I need six, I need eggs. six eggs. That's too expensive. Ah, but did you know, but that but that scene where he's where the guy says that's too expensive, that's the guy in the background when he's like talking about like a pottery thing. Like, that's different from the six eggs um huh i think yeah no because like because yes it comes right a it comes right after when that lady oh, says i oh, need six eggs right. okay i didn't but, like, know that actually <laughs> yeah because like it's a different shot of like bell in in like a different part of town and there's like a there's like a guy 
there's like oh, a guy I selling that was pottery. The same, like dialogue in between those two characters this whole time. Yeah. Don't I feel silly? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just a theory, you know. Mm. I'm sure. I mean, the woman did look disheveled that she needs six mm-hmm. eggs. So like, maybe I'm sure. I'm sure mm-hmm. there is an egg shortage thanks to Gaston eating five dozen eggs. Like, yeah, it's in. It's entirely possible. <laughs> Gaston really was the villain the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the worst thing Gaston's ever done. <laughs> this is the worst thing he's ever done. Uh, I like how Gaston almost survives at the end. Like the beast was willing to let him go and was just like, get out. But then he just had to had just had to climb up there and stab the beast in the side. And that was what caused him to fall off the, off the castle. Yeah, it's not even just the beast like throwing him off and straight up killing him. Like it is due to... Gaston's own hubris of mm-hmm. wanting the beast as a trophy which ties back to his character introduction he's exactly like, he's the hunter yeah he's the hunter and it's his own hubris that gets it because he's the one who falls accidentally like the beast has nothing to do with it yeah and so then and he then falls. the beast also would have fallen too but bell saved him <laughs> but bell saved him um yeah and then you get the very iconic shot of gaston when he falls you see the skulls in his eyes um yeah. i've paused that so many times at that <laughs> scene and i i, I mm-hmm. get i nail it every time i'm a- i'm able to like pause it pretty well um right on the frame but yeah no it's that's a really cool detail um, just seeing the skulls in his eyes before he like completely falls, so then you're just like, "Oh, that means he's dead." <laughs> F. <laughs> F in the chat for Gaston, the the town hero, the the only one who mattered. No one dies like Gaston. Falls from the high like Gaston. Nobody <laughs> is the deadly sin of pride like Gaston. Oh, you just come up with that. Good for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, oh boy. Um Yeah, that's that's another fun thing about the Gaston song. You can kind of just riff on it endlessly. <laughs> yeah, because it's like it's a really good song, but then mm-hmm. it's also simple a good song rhymes, to parody. Simple premise. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Did you see the like COVID nineteen one from a few years back? I don't think I no did. One no. cleans like Gaston, quarantines like Gaston, stops the spread of COVID nineteen like Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad gaston was able to stop covid <laughs> only he could <laughs> oh man the only character not ruined by the sequels that's mm-hmm. that's a good thing thank thank you gaston <laughs> thank you ten three cheers for gaston yeah <laughs> all right uh i got i got nothing else so unless you have a couple other notes I have a lot of notes, honestly. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, we could a little we could... repetitive. I don't know. Yeah, the backgrounds just... look cool. Like, like I said already, they have the impressionist. Like you can see the brush strokes, and it looks like mm-hmm. Monet. You mm, know, yeah, or no, the very 18th true. century French impressionism. Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, <laughs> it's me, very. Or clever. maybe that's just me being pretentious. Again. No, I, f- I feel <laughs> like there, there has to be influences like that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the the details that go into this movie, like, it has to be intentional. Yeah. And then, oh, I wrote that the mob song sounds way more operatic in French, like in the French dub. When Gaston's mm. like, it's time to take some action. But that sounded operatic already, but when I'm listening to the French dub, I just feel like I'm watching Bizet. Um <laughs> I mean, I feel like because it's like a very climactic song, like you're going into the climax of the movie. Like it mm-hmm. has to be like big and like 
super super important sounding like so i can yeah. i can kind of see that mm-hmm. which also, by the parts way of it reminded me of les mis too <laughs> i you know what i've i still haven't seen les mis but i'll take your word on that one um yeah but it's funny that climax like mm-hmm. i remember being like super freaked out by it as a kid yeah. like in a good way like i'm glad i was because like even though i knew deep down i'm like all right like it's this crazy town they're going up against these like enchanted furniture like mm-hmm. of course they're gonna get their asses kicked how did nobody and, know about the castle yeah. though yeah no how did nobody know about the castle yada yada and Why like i get it check like on the beast what is he even the prince of <laughs> yeah exactly but like also like yeah i get it they're the villains so like of course mm-hmm. they're gonna get their asses kicked like i get it but like even still like some there was some like real gruesome violence that yeah. like you know there's that one guy who gets like his head like bashed in by the drawers and like all his teeth <laughs> fall, fall out i don't know it's there's just a- sort of goofy slap Slapstick, I guess. I didn't like it the is. slapstick that much. I felt like yeah. it undercut the tension of the mob song. Yeah, because it it just makes him into sort of a joke. Like yeah. I totally get that. I mean, I'm a sucker for slapstick. Like I still think it's really funny. Like <laughs> as a kid, I was freaked out by this. I was freaked out by the guy who gets like rolled yeah. up and like swallowed by that chest, like implying that that dude's just straight up dead. Like. I'm just like, ugh. Really? Like I thought that? that stuff was like for the kids. Like, haha, don't worry about the, the ominous song. We're doing the funny, silly cartoon violence now. No, that, that is 100% what that was for. Mm-hmm. I just think it's funny that like, even as a kid, even though that scene was supposed to be for me because I love slapstick, I was still freaked out by it because I'm like, these people are like straight up getting hurt. Like, this is kind of messed up. Like, yeah. LeFou gets like his ass stabbed by like scissors. Like, oh. Uh, like, they're a murderous mob though. <laughs> I no, no no I I know like I completely <laughs> sympathize with the enchanted furniture like I'm mm-hmm. on their side the like the mob is totally asking for it by coming by coming into the castle like unprovoked they are absolutely at fault I'm just saying yeah. objectively it's a little frightening to see like it's it's yeah, like that true. scene it's like that scene in A Bug's Life when Hopper like gets his comeuppance when like he gets fed to the baby birds at the very end like. Mm-hmm. He's the villain. He absolutely deserves it. It's still freaky, freaky to see like the villain begging for his life as he's okay, being eaten yeah. alive by birds. So Gaston like, that... does beg for his life a little bit when the beast has him yes. over the ledge. But then the yes. beast actually yeah. listens. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Like objectively, it's it freaked me out as a kid, but like mm-hmm. as an adult, I appreciate that. I'm I just like, know. no, it's I it's, can't it's, take it's, that scene seriously. It has a Wilhelm scream in it. Uh. Yeah, the Wilhelm scream is like the one thing. Look, I like a Wilhelm scream in something like Star Wars or Indiana Jones, but like when it's in something like Beauty and the Beast and it's obvious, or like if it's in something like nowadays, like if you have a Wilhelm scream nowadays, it's just like, dude, cut it out, please. Yeah. Like, like I get it. I love I the Wilhelm scream. I expected it to be in Romeo and Juliet Seal movie more than this. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. Like there's a certain level of prestigiousness I feel like it shouldn't be showing up in Beauty and the Beast. I don't mm-hmm. know. Or like if you're going to have it in something that's not a Lucasfilm production, you know, make it a lot more subtle. Like it's it like stands out in Beauty and the Beast cuz like it's it's so you obviously hear it, you you know what it is, and so it kind of just it does take you out of the movie cuz you're just like nobody actually screams like that. Um Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I don't know, the, 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 the bit at the end where Belle thinks the beast is dead still gets me every time. Oh yeah, no, it's such a good scene. How mm. she's, she, she, she's the one who finally admits like her love for him. Yeah. And you, and you totally buy it because he has changed. Like, 
you she's not just saying that because oh it's the climax of the movie mm-hmm. like we're wrapping this up she has to admit uh her love yeah. for him like you actually buy that she is devastated and that she actually did form a relationship with him absolutely mm-hmm. i also wrote in my notes stop blaming yourself this was a reference to the number of times when bell says like something along the lines of this is all my fault <laughs> <laughs> yeah it really wasn't like you no. were trapped you were trapped in your own house in your own basement mm-hmm. which wait a minute they're trapped in she was trapped in her basement they were trying yeah, to get out of the basement yeah why couldn't they doors. get out <laughs> why couldn't they get out of like the regular doors like it locks from the outside apparently uh, I guess I don't know. It, I, I get it. Whatever. Like they're, they're supposed to be left back behind because so then Chip can save them. In the, can uh, save them with the with the fancy axe contraption. Yeah, the axe contraption. Like all right, yeah, whatever. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, it is. It is. It is funny. Like wow, <laughs> just, crazy old Maurice's invention was yeah, useful. Crazy old... It saved the day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we came in here last night raving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was i was thinking of that scene i was thinking of that youtube poop when like that scene came on yeah earlier raving Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh such a classic Uh uh-huh such a classic movie Mm -hmm. all right uh can i talk about this blu-ray i own it on sure all right so this is i'm glad you chose this because this is a movie i own on blu-ray the 25th anniversary edition Blu-ray, to be precise, part of the signature Walt Disney collection. Hey, look at that. Um, I like this because it comes with uh, different versions of the movie. So it comes with, obviously, the original theatrical cut, but then it also has the special edition, which adds in that song that uh, the furniture again? sang. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I and the scene think... where Belle reads Romeo and Juliet. Wow. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, it <laughs> includes those scenes. I mean, I'm indifferent to whether those scenes are included. I, I, I don't really remember the the uh, special edition cut really impressing me. Mm-hmm. Like the the song "Human Again" impressing me in any way. Like when I have seen it, yeah. And I don't I don't really remember much of it. So I'm glad it was cut. Because mm-hmm. I do prefer the original theatrical because I feel Same. like the pacing, the pacing is just perfect enough for that yeah. to, for it to work like that. Um, See, but yeah, I don't so, like human again, but I like the scene of Belle reading to the beast. So I'm at an yeah, impossible yeah. impasse. <laughs> Which do I choose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm glad this includes both versions because I like, I like, you know, the idea of that, of having a choice. So that you as the consumer can choose. You're just like, do I want do am I in the mood to watch the special edition today or am I in the mood to watch the theatrical cut today? Like if more Blu-rays and physical media was like that where you had a choice in the matter, then I'd be okay with there being multiple versions of a movie. But you mm-hmm. know, some <laughs> people just only want to make things more difficult, unfortunately. That's uh, well, fine. George Lucas. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, I really like this Blu-ray. I think it looks nice. Um, I've This is an example of a Blu-ray I did not re-watch necessarily this time around, but because I watched the version I watched, I watched on Disney Plus, but I have seen this enough times on this Blu-ray that I know for a fact that I love the way it looks, um, so I'm confident in wanting to keep it for my collection. Um I know you said you had never 
I know you said you don't collect physical, so I assume you don't mm-hmm. own this yourself. No, um, I do not. But would yeah. you ever watch it again? Well, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have Disney Plus, so. Yeah, yeah. And no, it was because of Disney Plus I was able to watch the French dub and see the French dub changes. Well, there you go. So that there was a fun experience. Yeah, awesome. That's good. to see Big Ben <laughs> and Philibert. <laughs> Big Ben and Philibert. Yeah, and the little stool, uh, instead of good boy, uh, Maurice is like, oh, petit chien chien. And I was like, oh, little dog dog. <laughs> little dog dog. <laughs> oh, the French. The French are weird people. <laughs> also, I've mentioned this in my letterbox review as well, but there's a point in the French dub where Lumiere just goes, thank you, my lady, in English. Oh, Okay. Yeah, in Be Our Guest, when he's like, you walked in and oopsie-daisy in the original. In the French dub, he goes, thank you, my lady. <laughs> okay. Interest- interesting change, but I, I guess they, they, wanted to, they wanted it to rhyme somehow. I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Jess, we did it. We, we talked about both movies. Woo! Uh, yay! Romeo and Juliet seal movie and Beauty and the Beast regular movie. We talked about them. Uh, so, now's the part of the show where you can uh, plug your stuff. So, Jess, where can people find you? Uh, my YouTube channel is called Lavender Whale and my Twitter is at Lavender Whaley and um, you should check out my YouTube channel because I made a YouTube poop collab of Romeo and Juliet seal movie. <laughs> nice nice um do you want to plug like your letterboxd or something oh yeah oh yeah what was my letterbox called again <laughs> i'm gonna pull that up yeah. oh yeah jessica wessica <laughs> yeah yeah all these links will be in the description below uh for people to check out for sure right kind of did that um, as a joke because i was just peer pressured to into yeah. getting a letterboxd by all my um cinephile friends um yeah <laughs> but now i have 173 films on there so i actually watch more movies than i thought i did hey there you go you're you're losers like us Woo! part of the losers who on letterbox club very good mm-hmm. <laughs> welcome welcome to letterbox we hate it here Woo! <laughs> just kidding anyway well thanks for coming on today jess this was good i'm glad i finally talked about romeo and Juliet's seal movie on the podcast and i'm glad i came to the conclusion of wanting to keep beauty and the beast for sure yeah yeah um and thank you the listener for listening to this podcast if you want to support the show uh give a like give a comment listen to us on uh spotify and apple podcasts or youtube is fine too we're always on youtube you know what else is on youtube is romeo and juliet seal movie Ooh, so except that's for cool. the last five minutes it's separate for some reason <laughs> yeah well there's two versions actually so the version i actually did show people was the version that has the last five minutes ah, okay um, isn't that it's... in lower quality though it is in lower quality, but it wasn't that much lower quality. Okay. I, yeah. I didn't notice a difference, but mm-hmm. yeah, Sorry there's two ver- two versions. No, that's totally fine. No, you're right. You're right. You were right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks for coming on, and, and, all, and, and always remember, uh, what 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 do you call five hundred capulets at the bottom of the sea? A good start. Hey, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Helicopter. <laughs> Just for you, I'm